you're like so gay. Hello, all you sexual <laughs> deviants. And you jolly sexual deviant wannabes. What's up? I my tried, name's Aaron. My name is Matt, and I tried to make that festive, <laughs> and it just didn't work. I don't know. It doesn't feel... Well, it feels a little bit more like the holidays now, because now I'm back on the East Coast and surrounded by three feet of snow. But like mm-hmm. being in California, until I came back, I was like, it's not Christmas. It's August. What are you talking about? Oh, it's March 300th. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. It, once the snow came last week, what day is it? This past week? It is Sunday. Okay. Anyway, ever since the snow came and it's been a winter wonderland, I've I've felt in the holiday spirit. Um, my family's not particularly big into Christmas carols or like holiday songs, so I haven't been overwhelmed by them, but our tree is up. It's just like a casual holly jolly undertone. Do you have holly a holly jolly undertone? <laughs> do you have a do you have a menorah up? We do. It's in our kitchen, but Hanukkah's over. Already? So. Yeah, it's kind oh, yeah. on like the eighth or something i don't That's even know I didn't, i'm such a bad jew i i kept meaning every single day that i was vlogging to be like happy hanukkah and i would like be like oh when i vlog today i have to say it and i never remembered to say it <laughs> so it is happy I, hanukkah to all I, the jews listening i can't believe how self-hating you are i'm still upset that you didn't invite me to your bar mitzvah i know i've been saying that for like seven years but I love this running joke that we all have about not being invited to each other's bar mitzvahs when we didn't know that the other person, like, existed. All right, well, I'm feeling very attacked right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Aaron, is that your way of trying to kill the joke? (laughs) Matthew, I'm really offended I wasn't invited to your baptism that I wasn't born for when it happened. Aaron, where the shit are you right now? (laughs) It's a good fucking question. I'm in Albany, New York. And where are you currently sitting? Because I would love some details. I'm sitting on the porch outside. It's like one of the enclosed porches, but it's still like outside of the apartment. It's probably at like a 30 degree slant. Oh Um, my God. (laughs) Yeah, the table, if you look like if I put like a ball on the table, it would like roll off. Um, I have some liquor next to me. I can see my breath. Um, I can see his breath even through the the grainy Zoom call. (laughs) Directly ahead of me, there is um, a woman painting from one of my high school, like, musical performances that I was in. I think it was in Les Mis. And it's, like, the one piece of the set that I was like, I'm taking. This was seven years ago, mind you, and my mom has kept it. I don't know why. Wait, hold on. I thought you just said there is a woman painting. (laughs) <laughs> oh, a painting of a woman. How many layers do you have on? I'm wearing jeans, a t-shirt, well, it's a long sleeve shirt, a hoodie, and then a thick-ass blanket. Oh, it's not too many layers. A T-A-B. A T... <laughs> God. <laughs> Welcome to all the new listeners who joined us last week. <laughs> Hopefully you stuck around. We enticed you a little bit. Oh, I hope so. Um, well, you're meeting me for yeah. the first time. Hi. Yeah, the other Matt. This is not Matt Crawford. This is Matt Roar. No, I I don't have an OnlyFans yet. Um, I think the biggest thing I don't have the I don't think I have the confidence to uh, to have an OnlyFans. <laughs> anyway, that was a very long winded way of saying hi. Um, I'm Matt, not the guest <laughs> from the last episode. 
<laughs> but uh, yes. actually the, the other host of this podcast. Anyway, Aaron, what is, I mean, there's quite a lot new. Anything else you want to share before we get into the episode? No. <laughs> okay, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have anything else that I want to say. I've been vlogging. Yes, um, and they've been good. And I've just been trying to survive and catch up on sleep and finally relax and finally take a break from work. But what about you, Matthew? What's new with me? I've been reading, um, preparing. <laughs> I don't for... know the last time I did that. Yeah, it's <laughs> read. <laughs> I know. It's the first time I've read for pleasure in a while, but um, that preparing to get my false semester grades back, um, both preparing application job application wise and mentally most of all i um have been having some financial issues and by that i mean i've brought them all on myself and that i bought christmas presents that i were really at the top end of my budget and then i forgot that as a good homosexual um I actually got a ticket a couple months ago that i forgot about and then <laughs> um i got mm. sent the uh finally got sent the bill um in the mail so if anybody wants to pay my um parking to or well my seatbelt violation um you got a seatbelt violation no i was speeding but he he gave it, you it as a seatbelt violation because his, he was yeah. really nice yeah maybe because like bleep that. With the cop no well apparently <laughs> if you just like admit that you were speeding or, and if they when they ask you like do you know why I pulled you over if you're like yeah I was fucking flooring it I'm like sorry <laughs> apparently that's like the easiest one of the easiest ways to like get it reduced of course there are a lot of other factors that go into that and obviously one of them is being white jump and over winking a lot at of the, the cop <laughs> I did not do that I <laughs> I may have actually toned my voice down a little bit that he didn't know I was gay. I was kind of in like the middle of Pennsylvania. That's been the last couple of days of being like, oh shit, all right. (laughs) Mom, dad, Haley, my sister might be returning your gifts so I can pay off this parking ticket. But I mean, this uh, seatbelt violation ticket. This Um, ticket. Yes. Anyway, so welcome to my life. Aaron, have there been any fun tweets that you've seen recently? Because I've got a few. They're not like gay necessarily, but... I think they're very funny. Um, this one. Stella Parton tweeted, if a little hillbilly singer like my big sister Dolly can invest in the vaccine, <laughs> then why the hell can't some of you old moldy politicians pitch in a few million yourselves? I noticed that you started getting vaccinated right away while people are starving and dying, you a-holes. Yeah, I <laughs> I can't tell you how much I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Stella fucking scream it from the rooftops <laughs> just like the wording i was like hillbilly moldy like i was like <laughs> i love this i mean that's like so the most good. the most like sister tweet ever another one that's not really um a twitter moment but was a moment that i had today uh-huh. that i almost tweeted and almost just put on my social media but then i was like hey, maybe i should keep this to myself but i'll share it with you guys <laughs> it's I was scrolling through Tinder in upstate New York, which is never anything that you should do. Um, <laughs> Matt, what does this man's shirt say? Oh my god. <laughs> it says, I'll be your cum rag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? Power yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah. Another another moment I had today that maybe I'll cut out. I don't know if this will make it into the episode. Is that <laughs> I put up my fourth grade class photo on my on my private story, my close friend story, and said, "Who is this?" Wrong answers only. And one of my friends oh, yeah. replied and said, <laughs> "Anne Frank," <laughs> which is like on the verge of like inappropriate and offensive, but was also so funny. It's fine. So you're Jewish. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was Jewish and it came from a Jew. But I was just like... Please, can you put that... We're going to put that picture up on our story. um, So make sure you're following Querying the AirPod on Instagram so you can see this picture. It's so bad. It's so bad and that's like such a arguably bad thing to say. But it's kind of true. Like you put it side by side and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I was like, if I looked nothing like her, it would have been like, oh, this is tasteless. But like, we had the same hair. Like, like... <laughs> anyway, Matt, what are your gay tweets this week? Um, well, I do want to give a big shout out to all of the gays who tweeted something about um, Pete Buttigieg becoming the Secretary of Transportation or getting that nomination because there were a ton of those but unfortunately they were all also wait can i interject what do you know what the secretary of transportation is no does that mean he like calls the ubers (laughs) (laughs) like what does Uh, he do i he keeps track of the mileage to reimburse them (laughs) what is this (laughs) no i have genuinely no idea um i'm not gonna lie at this point in my life i don't really care um i don't i'm sure that someone is going to be mad about me saying that but that is it's not why should should you care i it's our country it's what my taxpayer dollars go to and i'm like i'm more concerned with the 740 billion dollars the pentagon gets every year so i'm gonna focus on that one a little bit anyway um so related to the the pete thing um (laughs) somebody tweeted a picture of them doing poppers and just said rush hour under <laughs> secretary pete <laughs> i finally got you with a tweet <laughs> Oh my god, I'm crying. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Can you picture Pete Buttigieg doing poppers? No, dude. <laughs> nice <like>, man. <laughs> oh my god, good dude. I, he has. I mean, I guarantee he has no idea what poppers are. Yes, he does. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> give him that much credit. Um, do you want to explain what poppers Never. are? <laughs> For anyone listening, um, if you walk into any sex shop and ask for VCR cleaner, it's something that you snort and it gives you a head rush. Um, and they're popular in sex. And I'll just leave it at that. 
they're popular with with and in and on the dance floor. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> Google it. You have Google at your fingertips. Just Google uh, Poppers Kim Petrus, and I'm sure that'll all answer all your questions. Yeah, but there's a big brand of Poppers <laughs> called Rush, which is the joke. Yeah, thank you. Were you? Was it you who was telling me that? Or I think it was Dave. Actually, he went to a Kim Petras concert and said that at one point she was just like, "Everybody, get your poppers out and do it in three, <laughs> two, one." And he oh looked around god. and like everybody was doing poppers. Oh my god! <laughs> when I was at a party last September in 2019. Oh I did my poppers god! I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. good my claim to fame to this day <laughs> that's kim if you're She's listening so nice. <laughs> we want to do poppers with you <laughs> i want to do so come on the podcast uh, yeah let's I, shoot let's make a music but like <laughs> punch me in the face yeah. like just let's do it all yeah, literally <laughs> all right what other what other <laughs> tweets do you have um I, this one isn't gay specifically but it was so funny to me um i hope you enjoy it too (laughs) it says (laughs) don't bite the hand that fingers you or whatever the saying is (laughs) oh my god (laughs) there's also another one that's like definitely gay it just says theater people get the vaccine last um (laughs) which i thought was there's this artist that i that like popped up on my explore page or it was a friend of a friend on instagram and i bought two shirts from her it's like this trans artist and one of them there was one shirt that said like punch a theater (laughs) and i was like i was like i want to get this so badly but i feel like i would get like bad looks for it that that would get way more love than it would bad looks yeah i don't know oh my god um but i got one i got one that is the Popper's Rush logo, and it says "Repent" instead of "Oh my Oh, it God. says "Bully More Theater Kids." It's so good. <laughs> um, I'll. That's my queer business of the week. I'll put. I'll link it in the description of this video. It's called printmayor.co. Mayor, like of a town. M E R. Oh, M E R. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, I realized I forgot to shout out the people who tweeted the things I said. Um, the the bite the hand that fingers you was at bug dealer the theater people get the vaccine last was vitamin intake gotta give people their credit all right all right well i guess getting into the episode um it's probably the last episode that we're doing where in honor of aids world aids month um this one was pretty know what we're doing next week yet (laughs) yeah although it's the last episode of 2020 so oh true so we'll do something good for you guys. It's also the last episode of the season because we're taking that's, January off. That's so right. Yeah. So well, get, as of right now, that's the plan. Who knows? We'll keep you posted. If you're following us on Queering the AirPod, we will keep you posted. Anyway, <laughs> this is a really good episode. Um, I was really looking forward to this, having Steven on for a long, long, long time. Um, mm-hmm. I think we do a pretty good job since the first week of the podcast yeah yeah clearly um so it's it's a bit of a heavy one but it's also full of a lot of happiness and a lot of love so don't be sad (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's why Matt is not going to 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 master school for (laughs) inspirational speaking. (laughs) And this is why Aaron is going back to the second grade. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I think we should leave. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely should leave. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And click subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yes. And someone Venmo me $143 for this podcast. Uh, seatbelt violation. Is that how much your seatbelt violation is? Don't actually Venmo him that. No, it's fine. You don't have to do that, people. I don't want to have a repeat of that episode of iCarly when Sam was like, send me money! And then (laughs) it's this big ordeal where they're like, fuck, everyone sent Sam $3 and now we're all going to jail. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely don't do that. I don't want to have, I don't want the IRS coming after me for some reason. Um, No, it was a $50 fine and a $93 surcharge. All right, guys, hope you enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, goodbye. Steven, I'm so excited to finally have you on the on the show. I'm ha- finally happy to be on here. So, it's great. Overdue. Yes. Yeah, overdue. It's, you know, I've, I really, I've, especially the first couple that I listened to really um, were fantastic. And I really enjoyed listening to a younger perspective on being queer and, and what it's like. And then when you had Benoit or Benoit or whomever on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever he is. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That, that was a real treat. And so I got a big kick out of that, too. So it's nice. So thank you. Well, we're very excited to have you. I'm most most importantly, I'm very excited to be looking at that amazing jacket that you're wearing right yeah. now. I I have uh, I've celebrated Christmas to the hilt. I will send you a video of my whole yard because it's crazy. You can see <laughs> oh, you can see a lot of this there. <laughs> wow, yeah. for there every- a lot of Santas in frame. <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyway, so but it's it's I have I have this house in the Oakland Hills that is very uh, magical. It's called the Stephen Shire. That's what we've always called it, the Shire. Oh my and gosh! And I I do it up. I do it I do it up, and I have all these suits and what have you, and it just brings so many smiles to people's faces, and that's really what it's all about, especially in this freaking year, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, we will definitely be using a picture of you in one. I don't. I don't. Even, I don't know how we're going to be able to choose from them all because they are so amazing. I mean, I think I. I think I saw a story of yours where you were just wearing like a tartan print pant the other night, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love them!" And then you sent like three more pictures, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like I cannot I, keep I, up." And I think you woke up to that, Maddie. So it was like we saw uh-huh. a test pattern on steroids. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit, I'm awake." <laughs> yeah. Um, so Steven, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, you know, uh, basically I'm, um, a gay man who's living in Oakland. I'm a dentist. I've been a dentist for 34 years. I practice, I was raised in the East Bay, uh, of the Bay area in a town called Danville, nice suburban town. And then was a swimmer ever since I was six years old growing up and competed and went to college and got a scholarship to uh, there and had a great time there and then uh, went to dental school, came out when I was in dental school and then started practicing in suburbia, 
which was a whole different story in you know 1987. Mm. Um, but it's but it's been a growing experience, and it's been uh, it's been great. And when I'm kind of in the sunset of my career right now, um, it's it's nice to be able to be very free and to say whatever I want to say to patients and not not feel any qualms or um, questions about what I say because. I just don't care anymore, and I want to educate people. So, anyway. Are you thinking of anything specific? I mean, I have a hunch what you might be referring to. Oh, no, but... I mean, it's, it's I, I mean, we can get into this later, but, you know, I used to be very gender neutral when I talked about things that I did on the weekends. I used to be, you know, I was with friends, and, you know, and they, and, you know, all of that, and I wouldn't talk mm. about specifics. But mm-hmm. now, especially, um, you know, when I bought the practice, and started working there. My father, very conservative, said, you know, that, that if anyone found out that I was gay, there would be a mass exodus of patients, you know, from the practice. And so oh I was always very cautious about, even when I was in relationships, cautious about what I said. And then after a while, when the world, I think, got more comfortable with seeing people who were normal, who were gay, then I didn't have any questions about it. And so I, you know, will gladly not... Um, just you know just be honest and and say my opinion and just be my authentic self to not to use an overused term but you know so yeah i love that Uh, not to break the flow but are you drinking eggnog i'm drinking trader joe's almond nog oh oh, yes almond nog and it's got uh some what i put in i think i put some rye and then somebody gave me a bottle of this stuff called rum chata. Do you know rum chata? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> rum, ch- rum chata is uh, like a cinnamon liqueur. And mm. I decided that, ooh, I'm going to get make a little chemistry experiment. And so mm. it's, it's rye and rum chata and uh, almond nog. And it's delicious. Wow. That sounds really good. So That's you good. right now is not going to be the same girl as you at the end of the episode. Well, I don't know about that. I'm, 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 I, I monitor myself because I might tell you too much. So, <laughs> okay, we can send fair. you a, a copy of the episode to approve too, if you'd like. Thank you, thank you. Pre-posting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the reason that I'm so excited to have you on today um, is because you've already mentioned that you know you felt well, you were like excited and happy to listen to that. The actually our very first episode with Jack on where we kind of talked about, you know, intergenerational friendships Mm. um, within the gay community and how important those friendships are. Um, And you actually sent me a note after that episode um, in an email about, you know, kind of your thoughts on the episode, your thoughts around intergenerational friendships. I don't know if, is there anything about that that you want to, that you want to share? I mean, I remember reading that note and was just really, really moved and um, really grateful that you were, willing to share a lot of the things that you said with me of course so it's it's funny being the i came out when i was i came out on my 24th birthday and now i'm one of my 60 i'm about to be 61 right now so you know just that whole journey when i was first coming out and was kind of attracted to an older gay man not necessarily you know wickedly older but i enjoyed you know people who were well traveled and could tell me you know, could tell me about business and, and things like that and really engage in conversation. And they had some experience that I didn't have. And so I really, really enjoyed that. Now being on the flip side of that, being single at 61, you know, there are a lot of younger guys who are attracted to older guys. And so, um, 
And so you just, you know, you have to wrap your head around all of that. Um, I pride myself, and I think this is a tribute to Maddie too, is that um, I really have a very diverse age group of friends. And, you know, I, I look at people as just being people. Friends of mine look at me and say, well, you're hanging out with, you know, 28-year-olds. And I said, yeah, what? I'm not, you know, it's, it's not a sexual relationship. It's just, it's great. And they enjoy being around me and I enjoy being around them. So it's kind of the way it was in the infancy of my coming out. And now I'm experiencing the other side of the coin, you know, being, you know, an elder gay man. So how is it being on the older side? You know, it's, I enjoy, I enjoy it. It's, you know, I, I talk about this a lot with friends is that one of the things that I really appreciated in that podcast that, you know, about the intergenerational relationships is that there are a lot of gay men who are, it's always been this way, so it's not anything that's new, very cliquish, very young. They want to be around young and they're catty and what have you. And so mm-hmm. not that I, I mean, I would say going to bars, but we don't even know what a bar is anymore, but yeah. going to bars <laughs> You know, the last thing I want to be is, you know, the old lech in the room, you know, because I'm not, that's, you know, I'm, I'm there to be with friends. And so um, it's, it's nice when somebody comes forth and just has a conversation with you in a bar, which is nice where it's just about, you know, getting to know you versus, you know, who you're going to go home with that night. So, yeah, but it's, but it's, um, you learn quickly about what people's intentions are when there's. You know, it's the comments they make to you, the daddy comments, the, the this and that. And so you, you learn how to play your hand based upon what they come forth with. So mm, I gotcha. I, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily like interesting in the way that I meant it, but um, it's cool to hear that that's kind of always been the case that, you know, these intergenerational mm. friendships have been a thing since, you know, at least since you were young, Gur. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, do you have any idea like why that is a a thing within the queer community? Or I mean, I guess we can really only speak from the gay male community. But I mean, do you have any ideas why this is like that's always kind of been a thing? You you mean the the younger man being attracted to the older man and vice versa? I yeah. was thinking more like friendship wise. Just the one, friendships, yeah. yeah. Just I mean, friendship. we could go with the attractive thing too. No, 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 no. It's that might be a whole other conversation. It yeah. it's good. Um, you, yeah, I, to be honest with you, Matt and Aaron, I don't, I don't know why that, why that is. I just think it's, um, I just think we are such a rich culture, and that we are able to do so many things and learn from one another, and we're the people I love to talk with are vast libraries, not so much that they're great readers, but they have great stories to tell. And I think if we exclude certain parts of that community, then, you know, we're going to be poorer for that. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I've, I've always kind of felt, it's interesting actually, because I have felt not necessarily compelled, but I guess more interested in fostering these relationships because, um, I feel that, like you said, there is so much to learn from people who are of different generations, but I know that the world that I live in and the world that I've come out in is so different from the world that people who are older than me have lived in and come out in. And so that has been a lot of the driving force behind kind of uh, fostering those relationships is just to kind of like learn my own history, learn gay history 
yeah. understand I mean, where we've come from, where it's possible to go back to. Who you, you I mean, you you never know what the case could be, and I, I'm interested if that also existed for you in any capacity. Yeah. Um, so. I, I, I'm sorry, I just flashed to one of the things is that what brought up a whole bunch of these types of conversations for me were friends of mine who went and saw The Inheritance. And I know that you had you had the, the mm-hmm. pleasure of you know talking to one of the actors from The Inheritance. And so the, uh, I was dating a gentleman at the time and we went and saw the, the back-to-back episodes and oh my God. And anyone who went and saw that who didn't live through that had so many questions and it opened up the door to just mm-hmm. have all of these stories that I could tell about being the, you know, the gay dental student in my class and having to go into an oral medicine clinic and tell somebody that they were probably going to die because there wasn't a test for HIV at that point in time. So it's all of those stories that, I don't know, that we can just, we, we can just offer and share with. And that's what I loved when I was a, you know, a young gay man too. Is that, I mean, I guess this is kind of jumping into a, a different topic, but I mean, it's something I definitely do want to talk about at some point. Um, is that, is it tough to kind of be reliving or rehashing those memories? Well, you know, um, March the 12th brought back a lot of strong memories this year, you know, when we were mm-hmm. going through a mm-hmm. kind of a big plague that was incredibly reminiscent where the government did not pay any attention and they just sat there and it took, you know, a lot of sort of angry grassroots efforts to kind of get things done. And, um, you know, there are so many analogies that could be made with the whole HIV crisis and the COVID crisis too. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it, you kind of sequester those memories back in kind of your sad box, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, about people you've lost, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but when you see the inheritance or you go through this COVID thing and it, it you know, it, it opens that box up a little bit and it percolates and then you, you, it brings back some fond memories and some very sad memories at the same time. So, mm. yeah, I'm sure it must've been like a very overwhelming, just roller coaster it's, of emotions. Yeah. It's really, I mean, the, the end of the first act of that play, if I, yeah. I, I always said I wanted the Kleenex concession at that thing because there was um yeah they should have handed out the little packets with the playbills exactly exactly (laughs) that would have been great i mean i i i'm interested to to kind of i guess hear from someone who has lived through both you know what what kind of are the like the big similarities that you are seeing and what kind of are the differences between the the covid pandemic and the the aids crisis well, it comes down to, you know, COVID was something that was easy to catch, but probably wasn't going to kill you. HIV was something that was harder to catch and it was probably going to kill you. And so mm-hmm. there were things that you had to do. I, I came out right when HIV was kind of identified and how the transmission happened. So I knew what I had to do. So it's similar to wear a fucking mask or wear a condom. I mean, it really comes down to basic things like that to prevent transmission. Um, and so in, in all of, in, in both of those, you have fatigue, you have people that stopped wearing condoms who, who didn't wear condoms in the beginning and weren't going to wear condoms at all, or got fatigue and, you know, things happen. And then people who didn't want to socially distance anymore and didn't want to wear masks. And so that there are some great analogies in all of that. 
Um, and I don't know, it's, it's just, you know, I think I was kind of the poster child for safe sex, you know, to, to live through that and to have friends who were kind of doing the same behavior you were doing, you thought, and then who aren't here any longer. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, you just, you just opened up that box for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to, it's good to, um, it's good to remember those things, you know, it's, and, and, and hopefully every time we go through a journey like this or a, a dilemma like this, we learn something from it. Hopefully. Yeah. For sure. And we, we do appreciate you talking to you about talking to us about this because we sure. know we like, we recognize that it is definitely like, I mean, can I relate to it? No, not really. I, but I can imagine right. how hard it would be, but hearing about it from someone firsthand is really powerful. Well, I, I think I think what totally. it would come down to right now is that, you know, if God forbid, if, you know, we are all living in the time of, you know, prep and mm -hmm. everyone's on, you know, um, you know, they're on some some form of that. And mm -hmm. if if that would have come out in a vaccine 20 years ago, there would have been parades in the street. It would have been just, you know, but but now we're all living this life where we don't have to worry about, you know, HIV transmission, either you're, you know. Uh, undetectable or you're, you know, you're on, on, um, Truvada and, um, but I, I, I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. Um, oh shoot. I also did, but I know I had a really good question that I wanted to ask. That was kind of a, oh, okay. Um, you oh, mentioned... oh, I, I know what, I, I'm on the back of it. I totally remember. So what I was going to say is, like, is, is, is God forbid, I'm sorry. God You're forbid. So yeah. Have fun editing that one. Um, God forbid that, you know, we're all on, we're all in Truvada and we're not using condoms and we're this and that. And then all of a sudden something really smart gets out. I mean, you know, some virus gets out there and then we're all in that same predicament again. You know, that's, that's one of the things that always frightens me. Mm. So. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, I guess kind of on that same line, you you mentioned that there was like essentially like condom fatigue and like safe sex fatigue in the kind of the same way that there's been mask and social distance fatigue. Well, I think that people were could be very cavalier, especially when you had, you know, a cocktail or you're out on the dance floor or this and that, you know, and and, and you 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 slip up, you make mistakes, you know. And you just and you just hope that that wasn't you know the the mistake because there was mm -hmm. no looking back at that point in time. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think uh, you know I think the the mass fatigue and the the six feet fatigue and all of that I think is is much more prevalent you know yeah. right now. So, that makes sense. Well, I think everyone thinks that if it if COVID gets them that it's not going to be that bad, you know as opposed to you uh, because too you would just have to walk down the street in San Francisco and you would see people who you could visit visibly diagnose as being you know having AIDS or being HIV positive and that was always something that was in your face and you always you know was there saying you know I'm supportive but I don't want to walk down that path you know yeah so. whoa damn yeah. does that make sense it does and it's it's interesting because the first thing that I think of when you say that is how COVID is kind of everywhere. 
at least it's always being talked about. It's always on the news. It's always on social media. People like breaking COVID um, restrictions or being irresponsible with it. So to me, it's, it is always around in that kind of that same way where you were saying, you know, if you were just walking down the street in San Francisco and you could see somebody who like very clearly was, you know, HIV AIDS positive. But I think, you know, I didn't really think about it in the way that you're describing where, you know, yeah, you, there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in this country who have died from COVID, but you know, the vast majority of people are surviving and I, big note out there i am not one of those people who's like the every like most people survive it's not a big deal it's a big deal so you know let's all take our precautions seriously but you know i guess compared to the aids epidemic where you know if you got that you like you more than likely were gonna die and so i think that must change the mindset it's interesting too hearing you talk about like being able to see it because i think Mm -hmm. that if like if COVID were present, you know, we don't see the people in the right. ICU on the ventilators. It's like, you don't see people walking around yeah. the street like, Oh, they have COVID. It's like, it's a very different thing. And I think that it's, I mean, the thing that I've been hearing a bunch recently is one death is tragic. A lot of deaths is a statistic or whatever, Right. which is exactly. just like, it's, oh, wow. it's interesting how it's, it's easier to like write it off and kind of keep it out of your mind when you're not seeing it. And you know, you couldn't really avoid the AIDS crisis, especially as a gay man. Living in kind of a, a gay mecca, like, like, you know, San Francisco and the Bay Area, it, mm-hmm. you have that before you all the time. If you lived elsewhere and you didn't have that, then, you know, maybe that wouldn't be the reminder for you. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'm definitely bummed that we are living in a, a world where, or a country where a pandemic is still going to, ravage us but b that it's kind of like bringing back these you know horrible memories um you know like you said definitely there are plenty of good memories in there people that deserve to be remembered and talked about but um definitely not the happiest time in your life that i'm sure you want to be reminded no no of. no but it, it's true but if you know the, the whole thing is that we will as hopefully not as a community but as a, as a world we will come across these things and so if mm-hmm. you can see how people in the past have responded to it then hopefully you can glean something for the future you know so mm-hmm. yeah maybe i'm maybe i'm pollyanna who knows maybe you're what pollyanna you know like you know everything's going to be rose and peach potpourri yeah <laughs> I've never heard any of this, but I really like it. Yeah, <laughs> that seemed you. like a very southern uh, saying. So it's it's funny to hear you. You've, n- you've never heard Pollyanna. I was referring to rose oh. and peach. A rose and peach potpourri. Po- potpourri I, I use that yeah. all the time. Like, oh yeah, yeah, and they thought it was gonna be all rose and peach potpourri, but uh uh uh. Rose and peach potpourri sounds nice. <laughs> it does, yeah, it does sound nice. It does, doesn't it? But it sounds very southern, so I'm surprised to hear like that. A winter out of candle. You, uh, yeah. 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 The next Yankee Candle scent. <laughs> oh, can you imagine working in one of those stores, Lord? I, I mean, COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Right now, yes, but like in general, I'd much rather work at a Yankee Candle than like Lush or any of those like bath bomb stores that are just smell so strong and so bad doesn't, all the time. Doesn't Yankee Candle smell that way too? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, absolutely. I didn't didn't think they smelled as bad as Yankee Candle and Abercrombie on the same level. (laughs) 
You know, I think I'm going to come out smelling like apple pie sometimes out of the sugar cookie. <laughs> you know? Well, it's better than coming out smelling like a 2004 male model. Who, <laughs> so Speak for yourself. <laughs> I guess to move away from kind of the 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 sadder AIDS related things. I mean, I something that I well, okay, I guess it's not totally, but um I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this that isn't um bad. Your generation obviously is a much smaller pool than the current one. And that has lots of uh, different effects on the different types of people that we're going to see, I guess. Like, you know, there with us, uh, there being so many more openly gay people, I guess I'll say. Um, and the way that we have been em- embraced by society a bit more, um, obviously we're a very different generation. Is there, are there things that you're seeing in the younger gays that... Um, either scare you or that you see as like really, really stupid. Um, I don't know if this is like really, I don't know. Do, do you understand what I'm like trying to get at? No, I, I do. I think, I think the traits that exist in the young gay generation existed in my generation too. I don't think, you know, we mm. uh, mean girls are always going to be mean girls, so to speak. But this is what, this is what I have to say about what happens generation. to the mean girls. Mm, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, there's a bur- bu- a burn book or something, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that when you think about an older generation, especially my generation, the, uh, the the gay community who lost so many creative people, I just know that in the queer generation right now, we we're not going to lose those people. We're not going to lose that creativity. It's going to perpetuate. Mm-hmm. So the number of people that were lost who were incredibly creative, incredibly smart our community will stay strong because hopefully nothing like that's going to happen again. And so the, the, the young gay community will be incredibly creative, I think. So it's one of the things I really think about. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm saying? Is that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be at full strength. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I like, I guess as like an aside, I don't want to keep putting you in this box of like you as the, someone who's older <laughs> than us talking about things, right. you know, cause you very much are just another, not just another friend. God, I'm putting, I'm digging my just own Just one of the girls. No. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're no, just one of the girls, no. you know. But, but, but I, you know, Matt, Matt, when I see you, when, you know, sadly it's not often enough, but when mm-hmm. I see you, it's just like dropping right back in and totally. we're normal, we get caught up. And yeah. I, I don't think to myself, oh, he's, you know in his you know mid 20s late 20s i don't know how old do you mean uh, 26 sorry 26 anyway yeah. <laughs> but i'm just saying it's it's it i never think about that i just think of your Matt, your Matty mm-hmm. roar and that's that's you know who you are totally so. and and i feel the same although i will say there i do look at you with a sort of reverence and a like oh, you know okay. this is some you you're like a gay elder to me one of those people for me to look up to mm-hmm. and to right. to learn from Thank and you. these conversations are I, I cherish them they're so important to me because i i want to to learn and i feel like you know in an overgeneralization kind of way these conversations don't necessarily happen as often as they should or if they do they maybe aren't with they aren't so personal, maybe, you know, they aren't necessarily right. one-on-ones and I, I, I cherish them all. Um, and so what I think, 
what I think is, I, I speak for my relationship with you and a lot of men your age is that we can be the the catty quick quips and what have mm-hmm. you and you know the mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. does bitching burn calories kind of thing um, you know one of those <laughs> things but and we're good at it when we want to be and we're good, and, yeah <laughs> but but what I'm saying is especially listen uh, listening to you guys on this I mean you you are wickedly smart and you are much more than that and it's so nice to have mm. conversations with I haven't had a conversation with you Aaron that I, that I remembered Pride to nice you, baby. Girls. <laughs> That's right. And then, uh, but it, but Maddie, it's re- I just really really lovely just to check in and have a good time. You know, it's fun. And I so. think branching off of that, it's also like important to note that I like these these conversations are so important, and I also unfortunately don't think that they happen that often because like in the situations like I met you at Pride, and I would imagine that at most of the situations where we're brought together, you know, it's Fourth of July, it's Labor Day weekend, like you're going somewhere for an event, you're gonna see each other, you're gonna pregame, you're gonna catch up, and it's fun, and it's like, right. and it's important, and that that's like a great thing to have. But like, I don't have like dinner conversations with a lot of older gay individuals right. because it's like, I mean, if we were in the same city, I believe that we would absolutely do it more. Sure. But, Agreed. you know, Agreed. we're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this. I think that in, in this time, March, mid-March to whenever, I really I had this thing. What I would do is I would, um, because the, uh, driving from Oakland to San Francisco wasn't that bad during COVID. I mean, I seriously could be over there in 12 minutes. So what wow. I would do is I would, I would cook some meals and then meet said people. I would drop off the meals. I would drive back home and we'd have a Zoom call. So we'd eat the same dinner. And oh we'd my have like God. A nice that's so party, cute, Stephen. Yeah, which was it was fan. I mean, you can't do it anymore because it would take an hour to get over and an hour to get back. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was really really lovely. And you know, people go, "Ooh, what's in this? What's in this?" And then and then you would and then you would just have a really good conversation. And so because that was such a unique idea, I could pawn it off, and I got to spend some time with some people who I normally wouldn't be able to have a dinner with. And when you're sitting, when you're sitting at a dinner party of 12 people, you don't get to have this kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, so I, during COVID, I really tried to find the silver linings of all of this. And, you know, the the quarantine that I was with up in St. Helena was magical and we had a great time. But at the same time, I was really able to have these types of Zoom calls because in their infancy, they were kind of fun. Now I don't have to do it for work. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd still find them unique. But now that they've become kind of a drudgery for people, it's too bad in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that switch was interesting. I feel like halfway through April, everyone was just like done with Zoom. Right, right. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> and then if you're a, And then if you're a student, it's, uh, they haven't stopped. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I can't I, put into words how much I hate Zoom. <laughs> I will say my liver really, really appreciated when those happy hours stopped because <laughs> yeah. it was... Especially being on the West Coast, you know, you start at five and people on the East Coast were at eight and you'd have one and then you half an hour, you would stop and get a refill and then it would be six o'clock and they would be done ready to go to bed. And I was like, I got to do dinner now. And so then you'd have a drink with dinner and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there was nothing else to do except drink early in the afternoon. Good good thing we weren't in Hawaii, huh? That would be really bad. Yeah. Three hours difference, yeah. I don't know Starting if I will ever say good thing I wasn't in Hawaii, but yeah. in, in theory for what you're getting at, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. 
So, but yeah, so that, so those, those, those din- little dinner vignettes that I had really allowed me to, um, to make some really good bonds with some people and kind of break out of the loneliness that we had. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's really a good, good silver times. lining. Yeah, really. Yeah. You know, I had, I, I just was with my quarantine this past weekend and we just talked about, you know, we went around the table and said, you know, how really fortunate we were to be able to forge the friendships that we were able to make, you know, mm-hmm. it's great. Oh, like you'll, you'll find this, I, one of the things that I've always believed is when you go on holiday, because say for instance, Aaron, I met you at a bar, let's say I met you at Pride and you said, oh my God, I live in LA, you in LA, you live in LA, then we're, we'll get together and we'll have dinner and we'll do this. But it gets spread out over a long period of time. Yeah. When you're on holiday and you go to a resort, if you will, or a hotel or you're a town, and you meet another gay couple at that said spot or another gay person, and then every day you see them at breakfast, you see them at lunch, you see them at dinner, you get to spend a very condensed time with people. I always find one person like that when I go on vacation, and that person becomes a friend. So you will find in your travels that um, it's pretty great. So... Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Matty Roar for the win. Oh, I love that, though. I think that's cool. We should go on, uh, we should go on vacation sometime. Yeah, I would love that. I mean, I don't In know. 2022. That... <laughs> 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 I was thinking this is going to be... Rose and a... peach potpourri. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a feisty question, but I don't think it is. But are there differences? Or, like, what are the big differences between dating, like when you first came out and dating now. I was going to ask this too, because I was interested that you mentioned earlier, like you, you were like, yeah, being single when you're older. In, in that email, I sent you the story that when I was mm-hmm. in dental school, we would on Fridays, there was a um, kind of a, a financial district men's bar called Sutter's Mill. And the gay guys from the dental school and the medical school would, you know, put on khakis and a gingham shirt and take muni down there and you know we would buy ourselves our first drink but the goal was never to buy another drink you know i love and that. so and so we you know <laughs> buy a drink <laughs> and then and then you would go out for dinner maybe and then if you got lucky you would go home with someone what have you and so that was kind of dating in the beginning but dating was pretty much you know the bar situation and you would meet some mm. great people and 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 do that dating now it's i mean there's I mean, you've got your phone, you've got your apps. That's, I think, the majority of time where you meet people. Um, but then once in a blue moon, you like the last guy that I dated for a year was fantastic. And he, I met him at a Bastille Day party. And he was there with his daughter and just swept me right off my feet. It was just, it was lovely. And so it was like old school. Oh, oh I yeah. love that. It's funny. Like, so I had just come back from Spain where I, I had spent sometimes too much time looking at my phone trying to get, you know. And uh, I got home and I... <laughs> I'm going, and I got home and I said, you know what? I'm just going to delete, delete all the apps. Two mm-hmm. days later is when I met him. So it was, I don't know whether it was. Isn't that always the you. story? Yeah. yeah. It's when you're not yeah. looking, they just pop right up. <laughs> exactly. It was great. But yeah, so that, I mean, Deletes the dating's a little bit different. Deletes everything off my phone immediately. <laughs> I'm like, God. I don't know if COVID is the right time to do that, but. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think that, um, now I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm a, when you're when you're 25, 26, you're kind of everyone's flavor, to be honest with you. When you're 60, 61, you're not everyone's flavor. And the people that, especially in my, where I come from, 
is I need someone who's going to be able to travel with me. I need somebody who's going to be a little bit more flexible because I'm, I'm almost done working. And so there's a lot of the world I still need to see. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, it's, it's, it's very select, you know, so. Okay. Well, where in the world is on the top of your list? I want to spend an entire summer in Greece. That would be fantastic. Mamma mia. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and just spend a lot of time like going from island to island. Cause you know, I still, I still compete in swimming. And so I do these mm. swim treks where we swim around islands and we've gone to Greece a couple times. Uh, and it's pretty, pretty fantastic. That is so, so cool. In fact, Kai was going to come once and he couldn't make it. So shout out to Kai. <laughs> Love you, girl. Um, yeah, um, but, you know, just, I need to go on safari. I, you know, want to, you know, live in Italy. I want to try to learn some more Italian, you know. Oh, all, all I'm your stuff. gal. Yeah. <laughs> you know I speak Italian, don't you? I didn't, I, I didn't know that. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, not, like, super well, but I actually majored allora. in it. <laughs> really? Allora. Yeah. Wow. I know. There's so much more to me to, to find out. I'm not just Wait, your average so girl. Did you live abroad, Matt? Twice. Mm -hmm. Where'd you live? Um, I spent a semester in Sorrento. Nice. It was lovely. And then I did um, a couple months in, let's see, I was two weeks in Naples, a week in Rome with Aaron, and then two and a half months in Florence. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was the, when I was in Florence was when I like actually got good at Italian. I had a whole French little group of girls uh shout out to nick a few episodes back he actually came on uh the podcast but i uh had a, f a cute little group of gay italian friends and hung out with them for two and a half months Fantastic. it was really cool what a good life was yeah. it like in the springtime or in the it fall? was the fall yeah it was yeah. the fall yeah i uh timed it well so that I could go spend all the money that I had to my name, come home, um, <laughs> live with my parents for a few more months and uh, work back up some money so I could afford to live when I was in the first year of law school. Good. Yeah. It was in hot Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hot dental school yeah not an undergrad so, no so you know it's it's um it's funny because growing up I always kind of knew that I like guys I really didn't date that much in high school I dated a little bit in college and after I was done with undergraduate I worked for a year to make money to go to dental school and I was in a really serious relationship with a woman and um oh and and really felt that it was right and good and, you know, I could, um, you know, sex was great and we had a really great time. She was divorced and had a kid and we worked together and such. But then when I went to dental school, there were a couple of gay guys in my class. Mm. And so I, we, they kind of did the flirty flirty with me and then I ended up coming out to one of them on my 24th birthday and then mm. that was it. So, um, but yeah, but ironically, you'll love this. Um, so I have this group of fraternity brothers from college and we always go somewhere and I'm, I'm the only gay one. We always go somewhere. We take a boys trip and, and do that. Where'd you go to college? Like still? I went to university. Yeah. Uh, university of the Pacific in Stockton. Oh yeah. I love that. Right. 
Um, That's awesome. And so, yeah, and so we go, and and you know, it's 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 a luxe trip. There's a private plane. There's you know. Oh, oh my so, yeah, gosh. Exactly. It's it's really nice. Aaron, who's gonna be the who's gonna be the one in our for group of fraternity girls yeah. to get the private plane? It's, it's anyway. Get, yeah. get on it. Yeah. <laughs> Co- coffee tea or me? Yeah. So um, <laughs> so anyway, and so we we do this every year, and there are no spouses allowed, and we all act, act like we're eighteen again. I mean, it's it's hysterical, and they've I known I'm that. gay for ever i mean they've not, like when i came out you know the gossip started going what have you and they still ask the dumbest questions they're like oh wait all right so who's the boy and who's the girl no come on <laughs> seriously anyway so wait, when did they find out it when you were uh, in dental school yeah yeah when i probably t- a year or two into dental school my roommate was one of my college friends and so that just, okay. just happened mm. um Anyway, so we've been going on these boys' trips and for years, and about three or four years ago, my nickname in college was Zeke because of Zakala, and they're like, Zeke, do you remember what you told us when we were all taking mushrooms and we the day that we gra- <laughs> the the day that we graduated, and I said, oh you did yeah, we went out on your graduation. <laughs> I yeah, love that. Afterwards. That's Aaron, fucking we, epic. Yeah, Aaron, we're oh, wait, so boring in college. <laughs> All right. So anyway, and so we're so um, Stockton is on the Delta, you know, of, of the San Joaquin Delta. So it was a beautiful. It was May. It was warm. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't yeah, matter. Anyway, I have no idea water. what that means. Like the <laughs> Delta plane. No Delta. Like Delta like, work. <laughs> that's funny. Um, no. It's a, <laughs> So anyway, and so like we would ride bikes and the grass was so green and the reds were so red and this and that. I said, well, what I say? They said, you turned to, you turned to all of us and said, hey guys, I think I'm gay. <gasps> and I said, what? That was the aliens, not me. <laughs> I didn't say no, that. I said, no, I said, wait, you're telling me this now? And I've, you've, you've never reminded me of this like 30 years later? What the F? And I said, what did, I, what did you guys say? And you, and you, uh, they said, we told you, oh, no, you're not. And then it all went on. Everything was fine. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so funny that all these years they had this story that they must have told each other. And then they finally told me. So, <laughs> Oh, what's your mind? You went on the joke. That's wild. Yeah. Shrooms on the Delta. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. How could yeah. they hold out on you like that? Well, I think maybe they already <laughs> they probably they thought, thought that knew. I knew. Yeah, yeah they, I'm sure they thought that I knew. But uh, how many no, mushrooms it's, it's, did you take? Well, not enough. <laughs> um, but it's funny, and and to be funny, it's fun to kind of educate these guys too, in a way. Totally. Um, you know, because I've had, um, you know, they ask the questions, and you try and you know, you, you know, they try and be supportive and what have you, and then, you know, I've. Uh, been in an open relationship before and I would talk about that and they're like wait how does that work out and I'd say well when you go on your business trips and you do your you know I just tell my partner what I do you know and so and and they're all like oh my god the scandal (laughs) they're like wow well they're just like wow that's communication I said well I think we're to you know I'm at a point in my relationship where that's allowed and okay if we talk about it so anyway how did you go about navigating an open relationship I don't think we've had anybody on yet who's talked about this, really. Well, Gray, I guess, but. Um, 
it's you know I'm single right now, so it's not a hundred percent foolproof. So um, it's <laughs> yeah, you know is, I think right? yeah exactly. Um, I think I just knew how my first two relationships failed, and it had to do with infidelity, you know, and and just kind of falling out of not 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 falling out of love, but falling out of lust, I guess. Yeah. And really trying to keep lust alive, and I think one of the things that I needed for myself is always that cayenne pepper in there you know that little spice that's always going to keep it going and so rose and peach no um, ginger shot <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyway and so my last relationship um you know i just there were some rules that i just needed to have and so i think we pretty much abided by those you know i'm sure there was a little slip and fall every once in a while but you know that's i think as long as you communicate about it and know what's expected it it can work so and it worked well for a while I'm asking too uh, because like we definitely have listeners who are heterosexual and are like, oh my god, an, an open relationship, crazy, and also probably some some young queer kids who are like, this seems so weird to me. Or like, I would never do that. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. It. Well, I think, I mean, there used to be this running joke is that there are um, two kinds of gay relationships: those that are uh, open and those that lie. Um, mm. but I don't, I mean, there used to be a running joke, <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I think that, um, exactly. Uh, there are a variety of ways open relationships can work. And I think that some survive on don't ask, don't tell, and they're just content with that. And there are others that, um, you know, only do things in groups and there are others that only do things separately and there are others where they tell each other everything. So yeah it's just knowing yourself and knowing your partner correct correct yeah i think it's i think it's really awesome actually the way the different ways that i've seen uh gay couples construct their relationships i think to a lot of outsiders or people who've never been there it's really or who are still like bogged down by this societally enforced like monogamy or monogamous Mm -hmm. relationship standard um it's it's really cool because I don't think it, it, it always blows my mind when people are like, I could never like whatever, you know, I, it, it's so, um, it'd be so hurtful for my partner to, you know, talk about somebody else or like feel some way of like, you know, it's an insult to me if they're attracted to other people. And it's like, you don't lose your attraction to other people when you get into a relationship and you're like, you're crazy if you think, that's the case and I think it's a little bit easier for us as gay men because we oftentimes can like very openly talk about our attractions to other people because our partners may also agree you know that's something that right. I've talked about before is something that makes things really fun with my relationship is that I'll be walking down the street and I'll be like holy shit that guy's really hot and Dave will be like holy shit that guy's really hot you know it's it's just something else for us to talk about so it kind of takes a little bit of that um taboo and then it's, oh, it's like, oh my god it's it's ryan murphy yeah it's oh like, <laughs> steven <laughs> am i gonna have to bleep that one <laughs> no well here's the no. thing no we don't know which ryan murphy we're talking about here so exactly. true. it's a pretty common name the ambiguity is just whatever right. although if ryan murphy the ryan murphy is listening to the podcast that is <laughs> give me a job i want right. to be you if you're listening oh, to this podcast true 
I'm thinking of a different Ryan Murphy. <laughs> as 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 am I. As am I. Oh really? So, oh yeah. 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 Oh. Anyway, as I was saying, I think there's a lot of a lot more flexibility afforded to us. I think this is kind of sorry. I'm getting a little long winded, but um, I will tell you a, a, yeah. a fun story about getting back to kind of educating suburbia mm-hmm. about relationships. Is that mm-hmm. in the advent of Truvada, I had in my dental office. I happened to have a gentleman who was on Truvada and he was getting his teeth cleaned. And so the hygienist was going through the health history and the medications and she says, oh, I'm not familiar with this. And he said, oh, blah, 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 you know, that's what it's for. And she goes, whoa. And so then she comes in the lunchroom afterwards and um, she said, oh yeah, he really educated me about that. I said, great. You know, I, I said, you know, I'm really good friends with he and his partner. And then she stopped and she goes, well, wait, if he's got a partner, why is he taking that? And I, oh, and so boy. Then I had to educate her about all <laughs> of that. And for everyone listening, Truvada is PrEP, which is like the, the pill that you take every single day for mm-hmm. safety. Thank you. <laughs> to prevent yes. the transmission of HIV into your own system. Yes. Was she like, oh my God, the scandal of it all? No, no, she was fine. I mean, they're, trust me. They're she was probably like still... popping her popcorn, like, tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, really? Right. It's like, my life is so <laughs> boring. <laughs> they... They they love the spice that I add to the yeah. office. I always I'm there for. I believe story. it. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm really talking out of school here, but we were on um, a Zoom Christmas uh, party the other night, and everyone's there. And I work with all women, and then there's a, a, a gentleman who works at the front desk, and then everyone put things into a bowl as to what they wanted from their Secret Santa, do da do da. And so then we're all sitting there opening do-da, up do-da. presents. And so then one of the hygienists opens up and so she has this, um, she has this gift card from the sporting goods store, Dick's. And so she holds <laughs> it up and she says, Dick's, I said, I would like some of that. And so. <laughs> God, the, the kick out of humor that out of the gay humor that straight people get is wild. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, it you're was, like it wasn't did. that funny. <laughs> it's like, like all my gay friends would be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> but it's it's true. I mean, I think mm. in a in some sense, straight people still see us as like a circus. We're just like pure mm. entertainment to them. Like one of Have my you co- seen Paul's Drag Race. I know. So, I mean, that is like, but a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of my coworkers one time like literally asked me. So Aaron came to the restaurant that I worked in, and one of my coworkers asked me one time that he was like is like you have gay friends and i was like yeah almost exclusively and they were like doesn't dave like get mad or you know is that like an issue with you guys and i was like i I was like i don't understand the question like what (laughs) are you talking about and then like after chatting with him a little bit like his girlfriend basically was like he's not allowed to have female friends and i was like this is psychopathy like i don't understand psychopathy yeah <laughs> i thought you were gonna go down the route of um you, like your coworker sauce together and then everyone was like are they dating because it's like anytime two gay men are date or are friends it's just like or it's like you put one person on your story and then everyone's like oh my god your boyfriend yeah. and you're like nope <laughs> just a friend no nope. yeah. yeah believe it or not right it can yeah, happen be friends and then the other end of it is like the, you're like, I'm gay. And then the drunk girl at the party, it's like, I have a gay friend. You should date. And it's like, calm down, girl. Mm-hmm. 
I'm picky. I, that, <laughs> I, I mean, it still literally happens. Like a kid who went to every day. Yeah, I literally had a kid I haven't talked to since like junior year of college who I went to high school with literally texted me after like, I don't know, four years and was like, hey, are you single? And I was like, what? (laughs) Because he wanted to set you up with one of his friends who lives in Virginia or something. Actually, well, it turns out they, they are in medical school like 25 minutes away from me. So if I... If I were, maybe, but I was like, you ha- you don't even really know me. We were never really that good friends. We were like acquaintances who went to two schools together. We haven't spoken in however many years. And you haven't even shown me and. a picture of this guy. <laughs> like, you have no idea if we get along. So, but anyway, I digress quite a bit. <laughs> the title of the episode, We Digress. <laughs> yeah. Our digressions. Our digressions. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what this These podcast is. These are my is. digressions. <laughs> exactly. The deep digression. Oh, my God. Uh, the deep regression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the regrets. Um, anyway. <laughs> Steven, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to, to chat about once you got the opportunity to be on this award-winning big um, deal of a podcast? No, this they're really nominated. Well, it's, yeah, I was just Not honored yet. that you had me on here. I mean, we, we oh, talked it's pretty much about everything. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, you know, it just. And the other thing I'll, I'll bring up is just about kind of my swimming community. And that's just an aside, and you can edit, do whatever you want to about mm-hmm. this. But, oh, you know, I'm in. going. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, it's, it's funny when you, when you talk about the age thing, because when I got back into swimming, because. I mean, Maddie, you know, as a, as a diver, Aaron, did you do sports at all? I was a, Were you a diver as well. A diver as well. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So, you know, when you fin- when I finished conference championships, I turned around at that pool in Long Beach and I gave it the finger. I said, fuck you. I'm never coming back. You know, I said, I did my Period. job. I swam all four years. That's it. Yeah. And then she, and then she got big. I mean, she got, you know, I, you know, I wasn't burning the calories anymore and, and such. And so then I, I, obviously then I came out and I started going to the gym, what have you. Then um, um, a friend of mine got me back into master swimming, and then said, "We're going to the Gay Games in 1994 oh, in New York, and we're gonna this. we're gonna go do that." And I Fuck and yeah. it's gonna be the twenty the twenty fifth anniversary of Stonewall. And I said, "All right, I'm in." So we trained really hard, and there was this big memorial for the people who had been lost and what have you. But I've been to every single Gay Games since then ninety four, ninety eight, what have you, and the cadre of people that I've met as I've continued on both both you know my age and younger um has been fantastic because you see them usually there's a gay championship once a year or or, or, uh, different gay swimmates um but to that end is that i do really well in my age group because not a lot of people survived you know is that you know that's that's you know one of the things that i'm always reminded of it's of that but the community that i have through gay swimming who really don't a lot of People don't feel like there needs to, because we've assimilated so well into all of master swimming that there really doesn't need to be uh, a gay games or an international gay and lesbian aquatics um, championship. But I, I still think that it's really great to have that sense of community come together mm-hmm. uh, all the time and and do that. So. And what is the gay right? games for everybody who's listening? What is the gay games? Gay Games was started by Tom Waddell in uh, 1982 in San Francisco. He was, he competed in the decathlon in Mexico City and came out as a gay man years later. 
And it was basically to show the world that we were athletes and we wouldn't be bullied and we yeah. look, look at us. Yeah, fuck yeah, we can do all of it. And it was it was great. And I remember, um, you know, when I was in dental school at UCSF, because the first few years they were in San Francisco, 82 and 86. So I was a timer for, I didn't compete, but I was a timer for the, for the meet. And it was great to see all these people, you know, heat one, you, you know how heat one looks. But, you know, all the way to... Heat one is the slowest heat. Yeah, it's, slowest yeah. Sorry, it's like, I have, the, I have a friend and I times. said, yeah, I have a friend and I said, uh, he was dating someone who's a swimmer. I said, is he cute? And he's like, mm, heat two. So, yeah, heat, uh, two. heat two. That's yeah. the best thing I've ever heard. Right. Is he cute? Heat two. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's so good. Anyway, so, um, but, but, um, and, and so... And it was all about, we wouldn't um, not have, if everyone wanted to swim, they could. There's no um, uh, qualifying time and there's, you don't have to be gay to compete. And so it's been great. I've had, I've had straight friends who have come and competed and, you know, uh, camp it up and have a good old time. That's the level of allyship that we need. Yes. Also, Aaron, we need to go do synchro at gay games as just an aside. Jesus Christ. We had so one of the things that happens every every time they have gay games or the gay championships is there there's something called Pink Flamingo. Pink Flamingo is each team gets a chance to put on kind of a musical comedy or artistic skit. Usually it involves some synchronized swimming and there's an overall theme with it. So when the IGLA, the every year there's not a gay games, there's an IGLA championships. So it was at Stanford. So the team from Berkeley had a big entourage that went. And some straight guys were part of the team too, and straight women were part of the team. So mm. when we did Pink Flamingo, uh, the theme for overall Pink Flamingo was the Wild Wild West. So we did Wild Wild West Side Story, and oh my so God. We, had shark- oh my God. we had we had the sharks and the jets. But the guy who played Maria was a six foot four straight guy whose wife and new baby were in the stands. It was stop so fantastic. it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's amazing. And I bet it was the most fun thing he's ever done. <laughs> Literally. He still, I'm sure he still talks about it. Yeah. So. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm curious. I feel like a lot of, I feel like the narrative right now um, is that, you know, there are a lot more young people who are coming out and like, it's a lot. I mean, I feel like it's like a lot more common to be gay now than it was years ago. And I'm curious right. if you think that statistically there are more queer people in the world now or just like your thoughts on that whole phenomenon of like these young people who are coming out younger. Alleged and... phenomenon. Right. Um, well, I mean, I th- we'll I unpack that. <laughs> right. But, you know, when, when you look at, you know, they used to say one in 10, you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole 10% thing. I don't know where that polling comes from. I don't know where that is because, you know, if many and many times, especially in my day, if you're going to lie about something, it was about your sex life. You know, that would be that was like forbidden and taboo. Or like your drug habits, so, or your drug doctor. habits, or taking <laughs> mushrooms on the Delta. Yeah, um, but, it's, um, but uh, I think that it's so much easier to come out now. That I think if I think if it's an inflated number, it's because it's an honest inflated number. It's mm-hmm. not something, I think the other number before was deflated because people just were not comfortable in being honest with whomever is doing the polling, you know, who's, who's asking the question. Because it really is, I mean, the, the number of role models that we have out there right now for anyone who's thinking about coming out is just so fantastic. I mean, it just, 
it, it boggles my mind. I know in the in the email that I sent to to Maddie, I wrote that you know when I the role models that I had were Paul Lind and Charles Nelson Riley, who were like the campy flamboyant queens on game shows, you know, mm. and that that's the only person I really knew was gay, and so when I couldn't see myself in in anyone like that, and so now yeah. if you're a queer kid and you know in Iowa, you know you you have media that you can see somebody who might be like you. So I, I'm sure that the, the number is proudly higher, you know. Totally. Mm, I like that totally. a lot. Proudly higher. Yeah, because yeah, I, 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 I think that there, the stigma is, is not there. I mean, I speak for myself that I can be as open and honest in my dental practice as I want to be, you know, where, um, yeah, because the stigma is not there anymore. You know, and like like my dental practice is in a really conservative town. You know, so. Mm. But you didn't lose any of the clients when you came out. Well, and, yeah, and then I had to because I moved out of Dodge. I moved from from when I was living there because I had a partner at the time, and then because I just didn't feel comfortable going to the grocery store with him and you know running mm. into patients at the grocery store. So we moved to Oakland, and so I had that twenty five minute drive and. Everyone told me if I didn't work in the community where, if I didn't live in the community where I worked, I wouldn't be successful. And I really, I had the biggest, when I sold it, I had the biggest practice in town. So, you know, wow. it's, um, it really didn't, it didn't it really, uh, um, it really didn't matter. And I think, I think too that people just don't ask the question of their healthcare provider about their personal life and so it's it's all up to assumption as opposed mm-hmm. to the healthcare provider normally can ask about the patient you know mm-hmm. so the back and forth doesn't happen as readily or you can or you can bring up that wall so yeah mm. yeah I, I never actually really thought about that about like wh- how the, one-sided the, 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 it really is well, but I mean, the guy who I bought the practice from was very two-sided. I mean, he talked about his family all the time. So mm-hmm. I could, I, it's it's my choice as to what I want to bring up about my 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 home life. You know, mm-hmm. totally. So, gotcha. Yeah. You're we definitely right. talked about some things tonight that I didn't think that we were going to talk about. So that's good. You guys make me feel very comfortable, which is nice. Oh yay! Good. That makes me I'm happy. Glad. I love that. Um, one other question, which is a good one to end on, that Matt suggested earlier is um do you have anything that you wish that like younger queer people were more aware of or more in tune with or just any advice for anyone who's younger i yeah i think it just gets back to what we have been talking about you know about this you know intergenerational relationships is it really take the time to um get to know someone who's had a great history a great story somebody who is kind of out of your box to to talk to and just to cultivate mm-hmm. a relationship, I doubt that you will have any regrets from that at all. You know, is that um, uh, you can't learn enough. You can't learn enough from the past. So, totally, for sure. And I can speak from my personal experiences that it's probably going to bring you a great friendship. Mm-hmm. No, it, so it, it's 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 fantastic. I, I, I mean, it's a two way street. You have to find somebody who's older that wants to totally, of you course, know, cultivate that relationship there. But it's there's lots of great people to meet out there. So don't don't. Uh, I feel like there are tons. Yeah. yeah. Once you find one, you find a lot. Yeah. I think, but I think that that again is just more like, at least from my experience, it's kind of like having that realization in that moment and that like, oh fuck, what am I doing? Like, 
I don't know, that turning point where you, you become friends with one person and then it's like your mind kind of opens up to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, a whole new world. All right. So I probably forgot to mention this and by probably, I mean, I know I forgot to mention this, but we like to end with two things. The first is a question. <laughs> I could have been prepared for this, man. <laughs> but it's kind of fun to catch you off guard. Okay. Steven. <laughs> Matt. What was the gayest thing you did this week? I think the gayest thing I did this week was in that Zoom call with my office saying about the dicks, the dicks, you know, uh, <laughs> card when I said that. Um, That's pretty gay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it might have been talking to some a family who was looking at all my Christmas decorations and I was just feeling very flamboyant and, and doing uh-huh. that. Like, isn't it fabulous what I have here? So, <laughs> that's, all right, that's oh, the gayest thing. That is so fun. Aaron, what about you? Uh, probably the gayest thing that I did this week was uh, I redid every single thumbnail for the episodes, for every single mm-hmm. episode that's come out for the podcast so far. Wow, um, nice. And it was really fun to kind of go through and just like give each one its own little like movie poster type of vibe so that was like a fun creative little challenge and pretty and they look really good i would scroll through them if i were you if i yeah if if you look at them on spotify i don't know if it shows up on apple actually i need to oh (laughs) (laughs) that's the worst thing about anytime i plug my phone into my car now whenever i go anywhere the first thing that comes on is Matt and I talking and I'm like (laughs) you're like I've listened to this for so many hours I've heard my own voice for so long but anyway Matt what's the gayest thing that you did this week what's the gayest thing you did this week Matt that I did this week um probably I went on so I finished finals last Thursday and she's an L yeah I'm still I'm still 1.5 yeah 2.5 L yeah halfway through too yeah anyway uh <laughs> that was that that right there the unable to do math thing that we we're just not did, math gays <laughs> that was the gayest thing i did this week no um but the day after the morning after my dave and i drove up to vermont and unplugged well tried to for the weekend and rented a cute little airbnb and just hung out in vermont as um cute little Gay boys, I guess. Eat some Ben and Jerry's ice cream. We know. did. We ate some Go Ben ahead. and Jerry's. We drove over to Burlington. That was fun. Yeah, I'd say that was probably the gayest thing I did this week. Good. And then, Stephen, we also like to highlight an organization or a cause or anything at the end of each episode that's kind of near and dear to you. So if you have anything off, off the cuff that comes to mind, Does if not, we can also clear? always... No. Does it need to anything. be queer? Okay. Yeah. The soapbox moment is what we've decided to kind of start calling it. Yeah, right, that's right. Um, my my best friend, my female best friend, and her boyfriend started the Trident Swim Foundation, which mm. is in New York City as well as Los Angeles, oh. and it takes um, inner city kids, usually in high school level. Uh, usually they're up in the New York ones are up in Washington Heights, I think. And teaches mm-hmm. them to be better swimmers, gets them to compete. But oh, at I the same that. time, there's a mandatory study hall that they have to go to. 
um, with a tutor, and then there's um, SAT prep, ACT prep, and as, as well as helps oh. them. Um, That's awesome. Uh, write their college essays, and the success rate they've had has been phenomenal. So you get you turn them into scholar athletes, basically, which is really nice. So Wait, that's incredible. That is yeah. incredible. I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> wow, they're col- I mean, they've got a list of colleges. I think that they sent people to. I mean, they're. I mean, these are all really good schools. They're great. So you'll you'll get a lot of you know uh, they have a lot of kids from DR in Dominican Republic and mm-hmm. up, up there mm-hmm. and so a lot of these really small private schools love to have a real diverse student population you know and so they do really really well and help them get you know scholarships and grants and funding and all of that so win win nice. all around so there's my toot toot for Kristen Gary and Jeremy Fain and their credit <laughs> foundation that's a really I, good one yeah I love yeah. it. The three of us have a chlorinated bond, you know, that that's mm-hmm. really totally. something that's, that's really, really important. Totally. And, that turning around you know, and flipping the pool off. Yeah. yeah. But then also <laughs> yeah. let never let being able to leave it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then knowing too, that it's, it's a life-saving skill to know how to swim. So a lot of these kids, inner yeah. city kids, you know, and you run into, you have to teach a lot of these African-American girls about their hair too, because that's one of the reasons they don't want to compete or be there because they don't want to get their hair wet all the time. So mm-hmm. it's been a really interesting thing for me to, to learn all about that. So, mm. yeah, that is really so. interesting. Yeah. Well, very cool. I love Thank that. You're doing everything. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, this was such a, including that blazer. <laughs> <laughs> really? I know. We, I mean, swirl. I mean, do you want to just like describe to everybody? I feel like it's been an hour since we first mentioned it, but what is that blazer? So I will say this is a very lovely um, uh, cerulean blue. I don't know, with almost like those like the the um, peppermint round candies that you mm-hmm. uh, with, but without the wrapper on them. And so it's they're all over me my jacket. Major Katy Perry vibes. Oh well, my that god, too. true. Left shark, left shark. Get left shark. <laughs> Where do you get all your suits? I mean, maybe we don't have to put this in because, you know, they're not paying us to advertise, but. Yeah, no. So these these suits are by either two companies, Shinesty or Oppa Suit. But then the ones like the pair of the plaid trousers you mm-hmm. saw me in, that's my friend, uh, Mr. Turk, who I met through. Oh, I know um, him. Well, yeah. I don't know him, but I know who he is. Yeah. I like his clothes. Yeah. So, yeah, so he was, I met him, he swam on West Hollywood and I, I met him through mm-hmm. there. And so he, oh. and I go to Palms, I go to Palm Springs all the time and that's where they have a, you know, their, one of their stores. They have one in, I think one in LA, I forget the neighborhood it's in, but they make some pretty beautiful things. They so. do. Oh, I love it. Um, Steven, if you would like to be found anywhere on social media or whatever where can people find you i mean you can plug uh, your dentist practice too if you want it's yeah. okay I've sold it. <laughs> no, no, no. it's fine it's fine nor if, if you if you happen to have a toothache um no uh you can find me on instagram at aquatic steven that's gonna make it very easy and that's that. the easiest way to do that are you stephen or steven i'm v Steven. <laughs> not that not yeah, so it's seven with a T. Ooh. Yeah. I never realized nice. that, actually. Ooh. Oh. Look at that. Matt, where can oh. everyone find you? You can find me at Maddie Roar. And Aaron, what about you? You can find me everywhere at Aaron Idelson. And you can find our podcast on Instagram, Queering the Air Pod. Send us your 
questions, thoughts, concerns, uh, critiques. Send and you can also friend. rate us on um, Apple Podcasts. It's really helpful if you uh, submit a little rating. Rate us five stars and click subscribe on wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Steven, thank you so much. Thank this was amazing. Thank, it was so thank good you, to gentlemen. You. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. It truly really was. I can't wait to hug you all when we can all get oh, together. When we can hug Eventually. again. Eventually. I can't mm, wait. So great. In P-Town next summer, let's do it. Oh, please. Absolutely. Oh, my God. crossed. Yeah, so. Just tell me when. Yes. I'll be there. <laughs> so. I'll all buy right. you a drink at the boat slip. Uh, sold. <laughs> that P-Town punch. P-Town lemonade. Yeah. P-Town Lemonade. Give it to me now. (laughs) An IV of it immediately, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm actually going to go to bed, but... (laughs) All right. Um, All right. Thanks, Steven. Thank you. Bye, Bye. guys.